So, let's talk Talder. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of She Squared Podcast, the podcast that gives voice to the written word of your favorite femme slash pairings. I'm Natasha Lance, and I gotta tell you, um, I've kind of been waiting for this episode my entire life, <laughs> it seems. Um, we're going to be talking Talder, basically this entire episode, so get ready. Now, I say basically because there have been a lot of things that have gone down in this show since the last time we had an episode, which I think covered episode three of the show, where Alder just came back. So, yeah, there's been a lot. So, we're going to take a few minutes at the beginning of this episode before we dig into everything Talder. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff because it is too delicious to not talk about. Okay, first of all, Sarah and Willa working together. I never even knew I needed this. How did I not know that I needed this? But oh my God, I needed it. It was absolutely fantastic. And that led us right into Sarah and Petra. I, I just need a minute of silence for that. That scene between Sarah and Petra at Fort Salem was everything. That was everything. In the last episode, we were talking about self-actualizing for characters, characters really coming around um, full circle and becoming more of, of a fully ranged character. And this kind of reconciliation between Sarah and Petra had to happen in order for either of them, for both of them, to become more self-actualized, more complete characters. It, it, it's absolutely necessary now for Sarah because this is resolution with that part of her, with that general alder part of her, that part of her that she, this has been her life. The army has been her life for 300 plus years. That's all she's known. And the last time she was there, she was deposed. She, she resigned and then she died. So, you know, there's a lot to be resolved there for her. So when she comes back, all of these witches, all of these young witches are so excited to see her. They're so excited to know that Sarah Alder is alive. General Alder is alive. And she rallies those troops and she gives hope to those troops. Now, the main beginning of the show the very first episode, we see her doing that. We see her walking out onto the stage. Everybody's so excited. Everybody's stomping their feet because it's the General Sarah Alder, right? But you get the feeling that she's given this same speech over and 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 over again. So it's lost some of its meaning for her. It's kind of rote at this point. She knows it by heart. She can say it in her sleep if she slept. But this, this giving of hope to these cadets, it's something different. It's from her heart. She is different now. She's a different person at this point. She's still Sarah Alder, but she's more of who Sarah Alder is. 
than she's probably been since she was 17 years old. So her talking to those troops was monumental, monumental. And that being the moment that she and Petra get to reconcile, absolutely everything, everything. To see them shaking hands, goosebumps. I have to tell you, absolutely goosebumps. And while we're talking about Petra, just while we say General Bellwether's name, can we talk about the pen? (laughs) I know, I know it's episode eight, but can we talk about the pen? Because that was one of the most badass things that we've seen in this show. We know that, that witches can control the weather. We know that they can see. We know that they're blasters. We know that, that, that they're medics. We know they can do all of these things. But she straight up killed that man with a pen. And she didn't do anything. She didn't move from her seat. But you know what she did do? She told him lines from the speech that Sarah had memorized over and over and over and given for 300 years. She looked him in the eye and she said to him while sitting in the general's chair, we are the daughters of ancient lines. We are called to greatness. And that is a direct throwback to Sarah's speech in the main beginning of the show when she tells those fresh troops to rally them to believe in what they're doing. You are the daughters of ancient lines. You are called to greatness. And that is why it is so impactful that she looks at Sarah's portrait right afterwards. Just goosebumps. Goosebumps. But you got to think about the fact that she also has come full circle, right? I mean, we first meet Petra Bellwether you can kind of tell that she's really standoffish. She doesn't really outwardly give the idea that she loves her daughter. But man, you couldn't say that now, could you? She tells Abigail she loves her. She's trying to actively protect her. You see her agonizing over decisions that she has to make. She She's doing all of that. She tells her she's proud of her. She's doing the kinds of things that Sarah would do as general. She's making the decisions that Sarah made as general. And that is something that Petra had to come around to. So we get to see Petra come full circle in that regard. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. Now, while we're talking about motherland and we're talking about Fort Salem, can I just say how much from the bottom of my heart that I love Isadora and I love Sarah and Isadora's friendship. Just How wholesome, how wholesome, how beautiful that moment was when Isadora saw her and Sarah was just overjoyed to see her friend. But then how heartbreaking was it when she asked Sarah to take her with her? I mean, think about that for a second. Take me with you. Of course, I get, you know, Xena vibes, of course, right? Because that's like something that Gabrielle said to Xena and the very first episode, and then again in One Against Normie, which is one of the best episodes of the series. If you've never seen it, you should just go watch that. Um, but yeah, it I don't know. There was just something about that. And then Sarah telling her that it's not her time, but her time will come. Makes me worried about Isadora. I'm not going to lie. I'm worried about a girl. 
but we'll see how it goes. We'll see. So when we had our last episode, we made a couple of predictions. And I would just like to say how awesome the team is here because uh, President Wade and M not dead. Absolutely not dead. And, and that was something that we were absolutely in discussion about here. Um, it just, it just didn't seem very likely to us that it was going to happen. And then obviously we know that it didn't, which is really, really cool to see that they're following kind of, um, story arcs and, and writing styles that are actually true. Um, there's no jumping the shark in, in that you, you are led to believe that's not what's going to happen. And then it's not what's going to happen. And there's a certain comfort in that. And I really enjoy that about this show is that the writing is so good. It's just so amazingly good. But beyond that, President Wade's a badass, guys. She's a badass. When she came walking into that house, oh, that's a damn good moment. Now, I am a little worried about Wade. Of course, we've seen the preview. And, um you know, not great, but we did watch that deputy get killed and that deputy's a biddy to the marshal. Now we were told in the show, you better not call them biddies, but I mean, he is, he's a biddy, which means when he went out, if you remember Sarah in the Tarim Basin, um, yeah. So we're a little worried about all of them to be quite honest. And I'm also just a little worried that M may become a biddy for the marshal. I really am. Um, least of all, because the character's name is M. So I worry about them. Uh, I worry about them a whole lot. I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen, but if they figure that out, then we may have a Tally Craven and Sarah Alder moment in the Tarim Basin, where M chooses to become a biddy for the marshal. It's entirely possible. So I guess we'll find out. Um, the other thing that I was very excited and kind of disappointed to see that we were right about is that Nikta fucking abandoned everybody, like we said. <laughs> of course she ran. She's Nikta Batan. Of course she was going to do so. But while we're talking about everybody coming into their own as full characters, as full versions of themselves and finding themselves. The one glaring exclusion to this rule is Nikta Patan. Nikta is still holding herself back. Least of all because she's still wearing a disguise, right? But she's still holding herself back. And the sad thing is, is that we've seen her start this process already in the season, right? When she gets into the argument with Scylla, when they get into the fight, because she doesn't understand what love is. And then she tells her later, you know, I do understand what love is. I've just never allowed myself basically to go there. And then she talks about her mom and you see the vulnerable side of Nick de Batan. And that's right before she leaves. We don't get any kind of resolution on that. And that's intentional that we don't get any resolution on that, you all. It is intentional that this orphan who took up with Sarah Alder then comes face to face 
with the orphan who was adopted by Sarah Alder. And I had, you guys, I had, I had no idea. I had no idea that I needed Anacostia Quartermain and Nicta Batan in each other's faces. I had no clue. I had no clue whatsoever. If you would have told me Nicta Batan is going to get called on her shit by Sarah Alder's daughter and it's going to work. I'd have said, bring that on fan fiction, right? Because I never would have believed in a million years that the show would go there. And they totally did. And now I got to tell you, there is nobody else. There is nobody else that I think should have confronted Nicta besides Anacostia. It's just too beautiful in a story manner. It's, it's, it's too beautiful. But then, Nicta decides she's going to help. Which, great. We knew she probably would, right? But Nicta's not a full-fledged character. She hasn't come full circle. She's trying. But what often happens to those characters who are trying to correct the error of their ways? There's two episodes left. I don't think Nicta's going to be able to have the time to talk about that pardon. I think Nicta's going to be another casualty in the show. And I think it hurts me to say it because I genuinely really love Nicta. I mean, she's a murdering psychopath, I think. But, I mean, they really paralleled her with Scylla for a long time. And now we root for Scylla. So, I mean, it's black and white. Love who you love. Dislike whatever character you, you, you want to dislike. We're not here to tell you any of that. I personally like Nicta. I like a dark character. Um, I don't think... The thing that I love about this show, actually, is that I don't think that anybody's hands are entirely clean. Right? Not even Anacostia's, really. Because Anacostia kind of sided with Petra. Right? So even Anacostia is 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 definitely not just black and white and we cannot even begin to say that Tally Craven is because Tally made some decisions that have just been dubious at best at best and she has had to make her peace with those she has had to come full circle on those and that is something that we'll get into okay but Nikta Nikta wants to help and then she wants to talk about that pardon right what I'm really hoping is that she'll get granted the pardon and then we'll think she's dead. And then maybe you'll see like some little snippet, some little like Batwoman clue that she's not dead. Right. But you don't ever actually get confirmation of that. I would be cool with that because Nikta would then sneak into the night like she was supposed to do. Unfortunately, I think Nikta's going to go out in a blaze of glory. I really do. She talked about herself being martyred before, and I think this is just a way that we get there with that character. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong, guys. I really hope I'm wrong. But I'm worried about Nicta, too. I really, truly am. I'm also worried that Penelope's going to be the one, going back to another character that I'm worried about, I'm worried that Penelope's going to be the one who kills Isadora. I really hope she doesn't. I really hope she doesn't, because they have this amazingly beautiful like mother-daughter bond going on. 
but I'm terrified that the thing that's going to fully bring Penelope back into herself is the horror of doing something terrible because she has these bouts of anger, right? She's got these vicious moments of rage. And I'm afraid that Isadora is going to become a victim to one of those. And that's going to be the thing that kind of pushes her back to the limit and over it again. So we'll see. And, uh, ooh, I told you, this could be multiple episodes just on every single episode that there is. All right, but let's talk about um, Alder and Kalita for a second. Because, again, this is resolution. This is, this is the tying of a bow of a storyline that was began in the first season, right? We finally get this resolution between these two characters. And you can see easily how this was supposed to last seven seasons because these stories would have, oh my God, can you imagine getting to watch them for seven seasons? These things playing out. Can you imagine that? Oh, that would have been so fantastic. Um, but you get to see this resolution between them in this beautiful moment where they're talking about the murder of their families, which sounds like a weird statement to make, but it's this beautiful moment for the characters because it's also catharsis that neither of them have granted themselves because they haven't had someone that they could talk to about it with. But truly, they are characters that mirror each other. But to see Sarah's childhood home, you guys, to finally know her sister's name, Abigail Alder, There was something inside of me that just cracked at that moment. I mean, I cried. I sobbed. I'm not even going to lie. I sobbed. But can we just take a moment for just a second, little sidestep. Sarah's sister is named Abigail. Tally's sister is named Abigail. And I wonder, actually, if that's not just meant to be another piece that kind of connects them, but also... If that may be a namesake kind of situation, was Abigail named after Sarah's sister? Kind of in my mind now. I, I, that's kind of a headcanon for me now, which is, you know, it, it is what it is. But seeing her talk about her parents, and this is important because it's coming to Talder here. This is actually a direct link to the scene in the, the garden. Okay, um, the, well, the second scene in the garden, the courtyard area. Um, Sarah talks about how after her parents got killed, she didn't feel safe again. She never felt safe again. All thoughts of everything left her mind except keeping them alive, which is where she has existed for 300 years afterwards, plus years afterwards. She has existed in this state of keep witches alive. That's her purpose. She hasn't felt safe anywhere since her parents died until she stumbles and Tally catches her. And Tally says, I've got you. And Sarah clutches to her because Sarah believed her. And that's just so fucking delicious guys it's so delicious oh my god oh just thinking about that moment mm, okay i'll come back to it i'm coming back to it when we get into Talder, here momentarily we're getting into Talder. okay bear with me bear with me 
I'll get right back into, I will jump right back to the garden. Okay. But I appreciate, I really want to say that I appreciate the fact that Kalita and Alder were given the ability to make that connection because they really were always two alike. Always so alike. Kalita was trying to keep her people safe. Alder was always trying to keep her people safe. And they just kind of butted heads. Okay. Tally and Scylla. I'm just going to step back from that for a moment. <sighs> Tally and Scylla have finally reconciled. Again, there's that full circle. You can see that this is a, a, an ending to a series that has been thought out. Now, I don't necessarily believe this will be the end of the series. Um, I think it will continue on in some form. However, it's been thought out and you can see that. And it's beautiful to watch those threads become tied, right? It's a circle, which in, you know, witchcraft is very important. Everything is connected. Uh, but to see Tally and Scylla even kind of joke about the fact of, did you ever think that we'd be helping each other? No, I thought you'd murder me if the next time we saw each other or vice versa. That, you know, there's something about Tally embracing Scylla that's very powerful and also um, scary in a way. Because, again, we talked about Tally's propensity to sacrifice herself, and we've already seen it. It's happened. It's happened. Right? She gave up her sight. It's happened. But I think there's another one coming. I think there's another one coming. I hope not, but I think there is. Okay. So we're getting down to the brass tacks here. Just want to say, Abigail Bellwether is a damn boss. Holy shit. She came full circle into her leadership ability. She slammed into it like it was the most natural thing in the world. And she kept being told, you are a bellwether. You are a natural leader. You are a bellwether. And she kind of, you could see, never really, it's like she was stepping into shoes that were just a little bit too big with that attitude, right? But now, now you see it. She is a leader. She 100% is, and it is beautiful to see. So you get to see Abigail come full circle. You get to see her be playful and vulnerable with the deal, which is just, uh, I love them. I do. I love them. You, you get to see everyone becoming full versions of themselves. And then you get to see Rayel and Scylla get engaged, which let's just throw the confetti. We're going to cheer for it. Um, I don't think that that could have happened if Scylla and Rael had been together this season. I really don't. Because you needed Scylla to be able to connect with Abigail and, and Tally. And you needed that to happen away from Rael. Because you had to have Scylla grow as a character that wasn't just an extension of Rael. She had to become her own full character. And she has. She has came screaming into her character. Full tilt. And she's one of my favorite characters on that series. I mean, just amazing job. Amazing job. When she said play ball in that last episode, oh, I jumped up and cheered. We were cheering here. People were yelling. It was fantastic. But all of that is to say, um, we are so happy that they have gotten engaged. 
But we're so scared because we have seen these pieces of previews where Rael is like drooling and all. And um, so what's going to happen? We've got two episodes left. When is this coming? Where is it coming? And what's the resolution here? Because we sure as hell don't know. I'm afraid I might know when it comes to Tally, but I, I'm a little worried. So I'm not even going to say it yet, but I probably will by the end of this episode because I can't keep my damn mouth shut. Okay, so with that, let's talk Talder. Okay, so we leave them after Sarah has disappeared, right? Now I want you to remember, we had an Are You All Right moment in that trailer. Sarah falls against the wall. Tally looks at her and says, Are you all right? And Sarah, ever the practical Sarah, doesn't tell her what's going on, right? She still holds back. She doesn't tell her. She's not open. Those walls have not come down yet. They do eventually, and we all saw it in beautiful form, but they don't come down yet. She just thanks her for finding the piece of the first song. And I feel like if she had been just honest right there with Tally. I, I think maybe things would have gone a little bit differently, but we got a delicious scene right afterwards in the garden. So, I, you know, I'm not going to complain too much. But holy, holy wow, when they meet again. First of all, I, I just have to say Sarah Alder in that black outfit is um, fantastic. Lynn Renee, you are just stunning in it. Seriously, stunning. Um Listen to me like I like Lynn Renee's gonna listen to this. <laughs> you know, whatever, you never know. Lynn Renee, stunning in that black outfit. I really like this uh this leather look that she's got too, because it kind of looks like battle armor, but I really loved the the entire black. That was there's just something about that one. Anyway, so Talder meet again in the garden scene. And the first thing that you have to notice about all of this. Even up until the last episode, right, the, the episode three that we talked about, was Tally was still demanding answers from Sarah, demanding them. And there was that moment where Sarah, where Tally tells her, she demands it. She, she says, you, you're going to need to tell me what's going on. I'm paraphrasing right now, right? And you could see it on Sarah's face. Sarah wants to just be like, are you kidding me? But she says, all right. After you, let's go talk to Elaine, right? And Tally doesn't know how to take that because this is a different Sarah Alder. This is not someone who has concealed things from her. Um, this is this is not someone who's lying to her. She doesn't know how to deal with it. So when we see her again, when Tally sees her again, it's really kind of the first time that you see Tally behave this way. She's asking her something so almost silently it is um it, it is it is very important because it's 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 intimate in a way and we're setting this intimacy up see in the first um episode that we got to see them back together again they played that intimacy by by proximity so right they're very close to each other they're very close they're alone in that trailer together it's a small compact space so there's intimacy in in their their proximity to each other. In this, they're in a wide open space, and yet it, it feels more intimate, doesn't it? Because the way that they use sound, because the way that 
that Tally is talking to her is vulnerable. She's vulnerable with her. She asks her. First, she asks her to stay. And when Sarah tells her, I can't do that, she's almost whispering it, right? And Tally understands completely because she knows she can't stay. But she asks her, she asks her to please just tell her, just tell me how it heals the world. Tell me, is it going to heal Rael too? And Sarah does something that just makes Tally take a step back. She calls her Tally Craven. She says her name. And this is the first time. Tally even says it. And uh, Jessica Sutton, holy shit in this scene. The swallow, the kind of tilt back a little of the head, the little nod. That's the first time you've said my name. That moment is a vulnerability from Sarah as well. And I saw someone online the other day, and I cannot for the life of me remember who it is, but if you're listening to this and this was your post, it was a great post. Um, someone online said the other day, has Sarah become Sarah to everyone else too? It's no longer General Alder, it's Sarah. And the answer is yes, absolutely. And that's intentional, right? Um, I think it's intentional. We're supposed to feel that she has gotten softer. She is different now. And I think Tally sees that then too. It, it gets reinforced for her again. And that's very important because this whole song and dance between Sarah and Tally in season three is something that, that we talked about a long time ago um, before season three ever began again on the Tumblr page. We talked about the fact that season one was Rael falling in love. Season two was Abigail falling in love. And season three, well, season three is Tally falling in love. And that's really it. Now, I know a lot of people have been worried about Gregorio. Okay, I'm not even going to... I'm not even really talk about Gregorio on here, except to say, even if he does come back, and even if they do get slapped together, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference. It really doesn't. Because Talder is canon. It's canon. These two love each other so much that it's almost unquantifiable at this point. It is... I, You know, I once said that Sarah Alder created the most powerful thing in the motherland for Salem lore. She created the mycelium, right? Out of her grief, she created the mycelium. Think about what her love could do. And I have a feeling we're going to see that. I have a feeling we're going to get to see that by the end of this series here. Um, I, I wholeheartedly am going to go down with this damn ship. I wholeheartedly believe that Talder is, number one, it's canon right now. I mean, that's just, that's it. Right? Yeah, it's canon. Um, but I wholeheartedly believe that we will see it, like, shown to us as canon. And I mean, we've already been shown that it's canon, but we will see them kiss. I, I, I really believe that we will. Um, and you know what? If that's me clowning around, then that's me clowning around. But I will go down with this ship. A hundred percent, I will go down with this ship. But let's get back to Talder. So... Sarah saying Tally's name, it, it, it stutters her really, right? It, it makes her take a proverbial 
step back. But then she takes a step forward. She says, that's the first time you've said my name. And she takes a step forward. And it gets even more intimate because her voice goes down even more. And she says, tell me something, please. And you almost can't even hear her say, please. It's so quiet. And Sarah does. Sarah tells her probably the most important thing without ever saying a word. She initiates contact with her. And that's not something we're used to seeing from Sarah Alder. But what she's telling her there is how much she cares about her. How much she understands. But also that she forgives her. That there's no... There's no separation that she's going to put up between them again. That's what she's saying there. It's basically her saying to Tally, yes, we are connected. We were never not connected. And I'm sorry that I told you that we were, right? It's, it's a reconciliation between them. And you can see that in the way that it plays out on Jessica Sutton's face. If you see the tension on her forehead and the moment that Alder hugs her, the moment Sarah hugs her, she just clutches to her, and all of that tension goes away. And you can see her rubbing her thumb on her back, even. It's, it's a beautiful moment, because it also shows us that Tally has not wanted that anger. Tally hasn't wanted that separation between them. She never has, right? She's been upset with her. She's been angry with her, but she still loves her. She still cares for her more than anything in the world besides her sisters and her mother. She loves her and she does not want that separation from them. And that moment where Sarah hugs her, Tally lets it all go. She lets it go. And, and it's, oh my God, it's such a beautiful moment. I mean, she touches Tally's face and, and she nearly breaks. She nearly breaks. And, and that is just I can't, I can't even, I mean, it's, it's just so silent. And again, the use of the silence there, silence is a powerful tool to show so many different emotions. But here again, they're using it to show the intimacy of that moment. You have to lean in. You are drawn right into that subtle space between them where you are leaning in on bated breath to listen. You want to hear it? Listen. Thank you for keeping this. Where are you taking Kalita? She'll be safe with the other stewards once I find them all. Well, look, I know you have this mission, but stay here. I mean, meet the council and you can help explain everything to them. I can't do that. At least tell me how the song heals the world. And we'll, we'll heal Rael, too. I'm sorry, Tally Craven. I don't know. That's the first time you've said my name. Tell me something. Please.
He must trust the mother. Admit it, you just watched that whole scene play out in your head, didn't you? <laughs> I know, I know. Trust me, I know completely. <laughs> oh my God, just watching it again. Oh, oh. But did you see what I'm talking about? Do you see that use of silence? How important, how powerful that is. It's almost like Tally couldn't talk at full volume once Sarah said her name. It, it's, it's almost like she couldn't do it. So that's incredibly, incredibly important. And it's going to come back again. Um, it's going to come back in the cave when Sarah asks her, are you all right? And you know what? Let's just play it. Ali, come on. You see how that sound, that monumental, like ferocity, that sound, that, that building crescendo almost moment drops away in that scene, everything drops away. So that is so much more impactful, so much more powerful when you hear Sarah almost whisper, are you all right? That second, are you all right? Nearly undid me, you guys. It nearly undid me. But the importance of silence between them, because they say more without ever saying a word than they do when they're talking to each other. Silence between them speaks volumes. And so it's therefore incredibly important when they use it between them. And it's something to pay attention to because it's calling toward, it's calling your attention towards the intimacy of the moment, the vulnerability of the moment. In the garden, it led to absolution. It led to resolution for both of them, really. Um, they, they get to have that moment of connection without the bitty connection. It's just Sarah and Tally there. It's not Craven. It's not Alder. It's, it's Tally and Sarah. And the same thing is true in the cave. But we'll get to the cave. Okay? We'll get to the cave. So Sarah starts to walk away. And we all know in the garden, we're still in the garden here. So Sarah starts to walk away. And that hand sliding all the way down, those are just actress choices. Holy shit, if that is what that... Holy shit. Because that touch all the way down the arm as she's walking away, just, it, it's beautiful, but it's also, it's also could be foreshadowing, which is a little bit scary, um, but it could be really, if you think about it, like the idea that they're always so close, they're always so intimate, they're always right there, but they're always just touching it. They're always slipping right out of each other's grasp. And it's kind of the way that their whole relationship has been, right? 
And that's a sad truth, but they just keep choosing each other over and over and over again. I mean, they do. So you have Tally standing there breathing heavily, just sighing multiple times because I think she realizes in that moment, holy shit, all of the anger that I had, all of the disappointment that I had, all of the everything that I had means nothing because I still am head over heels in love with this woman. That's what it reads like. And I think it's intentionally supposed to read that way. Just like the silence is intentional. Just like they use it in order to draw us into the intimacy of that moment. That look, those sighs, the way that she, the subtle change of their facial expressions. These two actresses are amazing at that. That conveys so much with just tiny looks. Um, we're supposed to realize, I think, that in that moment, Tally is saying, yeah, I'm still head over heels in love with her. I'm still completely gone. And then the next time that we see Sarah, she comes fucking blazing in like a, a warrior hell bent on saving everything. Cause that's exactly what she is. And we see just, we see actually this kind of mycelium Sarah there, right? Like we've always known that Sarah Alder's like the most powerful witch in the lore, but we see this mycelium Sarah in that moment where she just explodes the guy from inside out, which was so fucking cool. Like it was just awesome. And then all of the different versions of her pop up, right? We get to see this amazing thing. And then here we go. She stumbles and Tally just turns into the flash, man. She just straight up becomes the fastest human being alive. And she catches her. Ta think about that. Tally Craven catches Sarah Alder, runs to her to catch her. And Sarah has just given this speech. This, we have just been bared, had her soul bared to us, right? Tally doesn't hear it. We hear it as the audience, and that's important because it is to endear us, just like it was important when Nikta talked about her mother before, it's in to endear us to that character, is to show us that softer side of them. We are given that piece of Alder's history to get to the softer side of her. And so we are shown her backstory in a way. We're, we're, we're given that piece of her um, childhood where her parents are murdered. And she says to Kalita, I'd never felt safe Again, all thoughts of singing and sewing were out of my head from then on out, right? She never felt safe ever again. And yet when Tally catches her, again, with the whispering, the I've got you, I've got you. And she whispers it in her ear. And Sarah clutches to her. Go back and watch that. She, she clutches to her because she believes her. She believes that Tally has her. And that's, that's the first time we see that, right? We don't even see that in the trailer where in, in, in Elaine's trailer where Tally asks her, are you all right? She doesn't tell her what's going on. She doesn't tell her why she's, she's feeling like this. It's in that moment after we've seen the vulnerability after we get the truth of her past, after we know she's never felt safe, that we see her trust Tally. In her most vulnerable moment, 
we see her clutch to tally. And that says everything. And then the very next scene, which, come on, Tally's on one knee in front of her. Come on, y'all. That is coded for a proposal if I have ever seen one. You know what um, What scene was only more coded as a proposal that wasn't a proposal that was like that? When Janeway went down on one knee in front of Seven of Nine on Voyager, talking about the star dates. That scene. So that was very coded as a proposal. Notice that they keep getting these two very close to each other. Notice they keep bringing them closer and closer and closer together in proximity again, except now it doesn't feel cramped, right? It's not that forced proximity of the trailer. Now it's proximity of they are coming closer together. And again, that's intentional because it's mirroring what's happening internally in them. So Tally's on her knee in front of Sarah and she's asking her, is this because the mycelium is being poisoned? And Sarah tells her the truth again. She tells her the truth again. She says, yes, it is. It's getting worse. And she looks worse. I mean, kudos to the, the, to the makeup and costuming department, seriously. But she looks worse, right? Her, her clothes have changed color. Her hair has changed color. I love that little nod, by the way. Um, but Sarah tells her. She straight up tells Tally. Yes, she's telling her the truth. And it's that continuation of that vulnerability with each other. And I'm not sure... We're going to see that with anybody else. And that's the reason why it keeps happening. They keep ending up alone. They keep ending up in close contact with each other. They keep whispering around each other. All of these things, production-wise, are meant to convey the intimacy that's happening between them. And that's very, very important. Now, the next thing that happens is they split up. Now, I know I don't want to see them split up either. I really would have loved to have seen Sarah go, to, you know, meet May Craven, but she had to go to she had to go to Fort Salem and it actually turned out amazing because we got that full circle kind of redemption with that part of herself um whole arc that came to kind of a conclusion there right where she got to rally the troops again so that was very important because Sarah needed to continue to become fully herself and fully actualized but so they split up and it's important for them to split up because they need, they both need, they're building this intimacy back with each other again, and even stronger than before. But they both need to separate because they need the ability to build themselves up, to find a piece of them that's missing again. It's, it's almost like when you end a relationship and you have to find those pieces of yourself again before you can fully actually give yourself to a, a relationship in a healthy way. It's kind of exactly what's going on here. So Sarah goes and she finds that resolution with herself and Tally goes and she finds that re resolution with her mother and she finds her courage again. And that's massively, massively important because it starts to tie them all back together as fully healed characters. Then on Tally's way back home, right? She runs into the gang and she and Scylla get to have their reconciliation. So that is, that is fantastic. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and we've already talked about that, so I'm not going to rehash it again. But let's just talk about what happened before they split up. Let's talk about the fact that Sarah passes out on the ground, right? 
They have to get her inside, so they had to carry her, and that's going to come back. They had to carry her. And inside, um, Tally's trying to be cool. She's trying to play it as cool as she can, but Tally can't, Tally can't play things cool. She just can't. She's not a character who can do that. Um, she can't keep her eyes off of Sarah. She cannot keep her eyes off of her. Notice that. She keeps getting drawn back. And, and Scylla and Abigail are talking about her. And Abigail's like, you know, right, Tally? And she's like, huh? Yeah. And turns away to say yes. And then kind of looks away because she's been caught. But she is right, laser focused on Sarah. And Sarah is on her as well. I mean, we're seeing them drawn like moths to a flame to each other. But not in the detrimental way that that Tally and Nikta kind of were dancing around each other, but also not in the way with anger and and the hurt that was there between General Alder and Tally. They're drawn to each other now in a healthy, um, just passionate way. So they have to split. They have to go their separate ways in order for there to be more coming together as full characters for themselves. That that I mean, it just it just has to happen. So then, what happens? Then we get then we get Rael back, and we realize that that is what Tally saw—the beginning of what Tally saw, right? Um, someone coming through the doorway. That was Rael, and what a beautifully acted scene between the two of them. I mean. Just, uh, oh my God, I cried there too. I've cried so many times during this season. Um, but amazing, amazing scene. And then, what? I mean, lo and behold, Sarah Alder just turns up in Tally Craven's bedroom. Now, why in the hell would she need to show up in Tally Craven's bedroom? Um, I, there's really no reason. <laughs> There's, there's no reason for that. Um, but first, let me just say this. Um, Sarah Alder, Artifact Hunter. Yes, for the love of fuck, please. Absolutely. Give me all the movies. Give me all the television shows. Give me every series that there is. Give me book series. Give me graphic novels. I don't care. Give me songs. I don't care. I want Sarah Alder, Artifact Hunter, all day, every day. That was an amazing scene. That was an amazing scene. And when she looks at the rope that says Abigail Alder on it and she turns around and says this is a fake because I was there remember braided leather is what they used to hang her sister and it made me think immediately oh my god is that why the scourge the weapon of the witch is braided leather did she turn that weapon on those who persecuted witches and again, headcanon now, it has to be, like it has to be that just tiny little thing. Okay, sorry, very important moment. Anyway, back to Tally's bedroom. Again, weird statements are made here on She Squared Podcast. <laughs> um, but okay, so that moment, Tally opens the door and there you just see her. You see her standing across the room. And Tally freezes. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't yell. She knows exactly who it is. And she flips on the light. And just, there's a playfulness to the way that she talks. Well, you certainly know how to make an entrance. And then those walls go back up. 
right? You see those walls go kind of right back up. Are you here because Ray's back? Like, Tally, what woman ever showed up in someone's bedroom because another woman was in the house? Come on now, girl. That's not how it happens. That's not how that works. So yeah, she's she's a little afraid. She's a little scared. She's got that wall up. She doesn't, she's worried about the rejection. She's allowed herself to feel too much for Sarah again very quickly. And so she puts that wall right back up, that little, are you here for some other reason? And she closes her bedroom door. She closes the door. And Sarah tells her, no, I'm here for you. There's no, there's no dancing around it. There's no not telling the truth. There's no trying to, to kind of hide the truth and the fact of what she's doing there. She, she just tells her. And that starts Tally's walls coming down again almost immediately because that's when the teasing starts, right? You get that teasing eyebrow lift. You get that teasing lilt of, let me guess, you need me to help you do this. And Sarah just picks it right up. I mean, just right up. She teases right back. Oh, you are a prophetess after all, right? And she takes that step forward too. They have that teasing moment where, again, they're together and they start coming towards each other. And then Tally tells her, I can't. I can't help you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shift in, in the tone of the moment there. Um, I can't help you. There's this thing coming with my sister and I've got to stop it. And Sarah asks her, what did you see? And it's just, it's just two people having a conversation, you guys. It's two people having a conversation, but it's so much more because it's Tally and Sarah. It's not general order and private craven. It's, it's Tally and Sarah having an honest conversation. And notice how there's no walls between them now. They ask a question, they get an answer. There's truth shared between them now. And Tally just tells her, I saw the witch bomb. I saw the end of the world. She also starts stripping, which I think is it's a fantastic moment. But also that stripping away of layers of clothing, that's a metaphor, right? That's a metaphor for those walls coming down even more. She's Tally, younger Tally, would never have been able to do that. She would have been so flustered. She would have been so just like, uh-huh, tripping all over herself. She would never have been able to do it. This Tally can and does. I mean, she she does. She takes her jacket off. She throws it down. Um, and she tells Sarah, what's going on? And Sarah tells her, hey, um, the only thing that may be able to just stop this is this thing that I'm hunting. So what that is really is this separate journey that I have been on and this goal that you have had, these two journeys, our separate paths are actually the same path. And that's a beautiful thing for someone to say to someone else. We are actually on the same path here. And they had to come to that realization and that's not coincidental. It's not at all coincidental. And Tally just straight up says, okay, yep, I'm in. No hesitation from her. No hesitation from Tally. So then we get to episode eight, the Talder episode. 
here we get to the episode where now we have Sarah on her knees almost in front of Tally. And again, it's going right back to that intimacy, that, that closeness there. And when Tally comes out of it, cause Sarah's watching over her while she is, while she's in this vision, right? When Tally comes out of it, Sarah immediately asks her, did, you know, were you able to see her? And Tally says, yes, look at the look of pride on Sarah's face. Just the look of pride because Tally was able to do this monumental thing. Just, I mean, she just smiles. She just smiles. But then she says, okay, well, let's, she's, you know, she's here. Um, she's in these mountains in, in Germany. So we should go. And of course, her sisters are like, whoa, hang on here. You're doing what now? You're doing what now? And Sarah tries to get them to... Um, understand that they've got to trust the mother, right? That's kind of like her. She should, it should be on a slogan, like a t-shirt, like a slogan on a t-shirt. We must trust the mother. And then on the back of the t-shirt, it says, I heart Tally Craven, um, because those are her two biggest like character points, um, this season. <laughs> but so she tries to get them to, you know, believe, okay, well, we've got to trust the mother. And Abigail is just like having none of that shit. So she's like, no, I don't, that's not, that's not good enough. And then something happens. Sarah says, then trust me. And there's a moment where Abigail's looking at her like, yeah, that's, that's not good enough either, right? But then she says, I know I've given you cause to doubt me. But trust me, please. You know, I'm going to bring her back. I'm not going to let anything hurt her. I will not let anything injure her. And you guys... This is what Scylla had to do. This is what Scylla had to do with the sisters because Scylla had given them every reason to doubt her. She had given them every reason not to trust her. And she had to get them to believe her. She had to get them to believe that she would never hurt Rael, that she loved Rael in much the same fashion that Sarah is doing right here. I will not let anything hurt her. I love her. I will bring her back safe and sound, even if she can't yet say the words. And they do believe her. They believe her. And then off on the Talder journey we go. I think it is fantastic how at ease they are with each other. And this is the full like circle of the intimacy for them, right? It's always Tally who's been the one chasing. It's always Tally who's been the one showing um, that she cares for her. She straight up tells her, I've missed you more than I've ever missed anyone in my entire life. It's only been a day, right when they were, you know, deep Um, It's always her who's doing it. But in this episode, we see it be, we see it be Sarah. I love where they put in the line you know, we can't just travel through the mycelium. Why not? And Sarah says, no, sorry, there's no mycelium here and it can't travel through glaciers, right? That's not a throwaway line, you guys. That's important. That's an important line. We're going to come back to that line because that's important. But then they go and Sarah tells her, you know, what we're doing is important for all 
everyone, for all of mankind, basically. And Tally says, well, Sarah says, I promise. And Tally says something that's painful to Sarah. And you see it on her face. You see it in the tick of her jaw. Just watch that tick of her jaw. She says, you know, you've made a lot of promises over the years. You let me down a lot. And if that doesn't sound like a divorced couple who are coming back to each other, then I don't know what does, right? But Sarah doesn't argue with her. She doesn't, she doesn't try to dissuade her from that point of view because she has. She has made a lot of promises and she has hurt Tally and she's accepting that now. Her silence there is accepting that. And Tally tells her, but I know more than I've ever known anything, more deeply than I've ever known anything, that you're telling the truth. You guys, she's a knower. She, that, that's what she, she's a knower. And she's saying, I know with every fiber of my being that you are telling the truth to me. Which was Tally's one big sticking point, right? Like the entire thing is do not lie to her. Don't lie to her. Tell her the truth. That's her thing. If you remember in season one, she tells Sarah when they are in the cave, ironically, another cave. She tells Sarah when they're in the cave in the Dream Basin, I want to believe you, but I don't. Because she knows she's not telling the truth. She knows she's not... There's something she's not telling her. And there was. But here, it's the opposite, right? You had desert cave. Here you have ice cave. It's the complete opposite. And she's telling her, I know more than anything I've ever known that you are telling the truth. And that's so important for both of them because it's not Tally searching for... Um, something that she's hiding. It's not her searching for the lie. It's not her searching for an ulterior motive from Sarah. It's not any of those things. It's Tally's last wall coming down. It's Tally's last wall falling. And she's saying, I trust you. I trust you implicitly. And the look on Sarah's face is so priceless because for Sarah, she realizes that she's finally earned Tally's trust. She's opened up to her. She's been honest with her. She has changed. This marks that change. And that's why the only thing she can say is onwards. But notice that little smile again. She gives that little smile. So then Tally's like, all right, listen, if something happens in there, you have to get the piece of the first song and you've got to save yourself. Don't be doing any stupid shit and trying to save me too. You got to save yourself. And Sarah just flat out says, absolutely not. I am not doing that. But then she says, oh, your unit would just not believe me. They would blame me. Okay, really? Really, Sarah? Really? Your unit would blame me? That's why I'm not going to leave you behind. Okay, whatever you got to tell yourself, right? Because she's still being like, I can't let this vulnerability in. She's right there on the edge, but she can't let it in. It's why she says onwards instead of anything else. But notice uh, when she says onwards, the look, the smile on Tally's face, right? Because Tally knows. But 
she tells her, okay, I promise. I promise I'll leave you here. And we all know full fucking well she was never going to leave her there. No matter what, she was never going to leave her there. But they go in, they find the witch, play the song, and the witch grabs Tally's head. Now, Sarah's still got that one last shred of the wall up, right? That one last block of the intimacy she's got up. And the witch, who's been in their presence for about, oh, what, 20 seconds? Says, you're just like them. When she puts her hand on Tally's head, you're here to take from me. Well, how about I take from you? Okay, let's talk about that line just for a second, please. How about I take from you? Like what? This could just be some random person that she brought with her. There's no, how do you know? Because the song to this witch is the most important thing that she has. What she's telling Sarah here is, I'm going to take the most important thing that you have. Because Tally's been feeling all of this intimacy too. Tally knows these feelings. She's seen it from Sarah. She feels it from Sarah. So therefore, this witch knows it all as well because she's in Tally's head. She knows it. And in that moment, every shred of the wall around the intimacy that Sarah was holding back comes crashing down. I mean, it's gone. All pretense is out the window. And we see Sarah Alder behave in a way that we have never seen her behave. She loses her ever-loving shit. She loses her mind, guys. She goes emotionally crazy, right? There's no wall. There's nothing. And the sad thing is Tally never saw it. She never saw how desperate Sarah was to save her, how ferocious she was, how fierce. She ripped a sword that had been frozen for hundreds of years in ice out of the ice. She was that mad. She was so mad. She growled like a wild animal. Sarah's entire arc this season is to protect the stewards at all costs. Protect the stewards so much so that she's getting them out of trouble. She's taking them into the mycelium. She's protecting the stewards. And what does she do when this woman, this steward, threatens Tally? She cuts her fucking arm off. She takes a sword out of the ice and cuts her arm off without hesitation. Because Tally is more important than the mission. Tally, right then, for Sarah, is more important than the mission. Let's say that one more time. Sarah's entire mission this season from the mother is to get the stewards and protect the stewards, right? Find the pieces of the first song. Sarah says, hell with it. Not only does she not leave Tally and get the piece of the song and go, When she so softly asks Tally, are you all right? And Tally says, yeah, I think so. And they're right there in each other's face again. Sarah smiles for real. 
She smiles for real. It's not that tiny smile. She smiles for real. And then you hear the cracking of the ice because that's kind of what just happened for her, right? So she's got this beautiful split-second moment of cradling Tally's face and smiling for real. And Tally says, the song, did you get it? And she's just so nonchalant. She says, no, no. Just like, oh, hey, did you, um, did you remember to fill the car up with gas? No, I didn't. I didn't get it. Like, this is your whole point, man. But no, I didn't get it. And then she says, we've got to get out of here. We've got to abandon this mission. We've got to abandon the first song. We've got to get out of here. I just saved you by injuring this witch. We got to go. And Tally says, no, absolutely not. And then, then it happens. Tally's sacrifice, right? And so we've talked about the propensity for Tally to sacrifice in every single season. She sacrifices in season one when she gives herself as a biddy. She sacrifices in season two when she gives her life for Nick to Batan when she's actually giving it for Sarah's soul. And she's sacrificing here. And Sarah knows that about Tally. She's known it a while now, right? She 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 knows Tally's Tally's like, well, her propensity to do it. It's her character. She knows that about her. She was just as connected as intimately to Tally as Tally was to her. So if you think that she didn't know that there was a sacrifice coming somewhere, then I think you're mistaken. She knew. She just didn't know where it was coming. And then here it was. I'll give my sight. I will give the largest part of what makes me this witch, my gift, I will give it to get the first song, last piece. Because what good is sight if you have nothing to look forward to? But then I think probably what has become the motto of Talder um, is what she says next. You know, besides, might do me good to See what's right in front of me for a change. And she looks right at Sarah after she says it. Besides, it might do me some good to see what's right in front of me for a change. And she looks at her. She, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Except, are you kidding me? That is so spot on on the nose. And also, the ice is cracked all above you, but all right. It's so spot on on the nose that, again, you get that little smile from Sarah. That little just, because she knows it. She sees it from Tally. The walls are gone for both of them at this episode. This episode gave us Talder as canon, guys. It gave us Talder as canon. They both, they have dropped the pretense. They both know that they are hopelessly devoted to the other one. And when she gets the sight transferred to the witch, and she gets the song transferred to her, and they have to run out of there, and they get trapped behind the falling floor, and Sarah says, we've got to get you out of here. Right? We've got to get you out of here. And now she gets to lean back on that. You're a steward. I've, I've sworn to protect the steward's with no matter what, and you're a steward now. 
and you know as well as I do, uh, Sarah, you're also a steward. And I think Tally was probably going to say that to her. But Tally spun, and no, you promised. And Sarah just, she talked over her, but it was a different tone, right? It was a different, it was a different tone. And she says, basically, I'm going to protect you no matter what. I'm choosing you. And it's interesting because earlier on, um, maybe last year, maybe at the beginning of this year, we talked about how Tally had had chosen to use the phrase, take me, and steps into the place, right? And the first time she did it to save Sarah's life in the Tareem Basin, when she said, take me, became a biddy. And the second time she did it to save Sarah's soul, when she said, you know, my life for hers, I declare right of proxy. And the third time, you know, we had posited, well, she's going to do it to save Sarah's heart. And they're going to be alone when that take me happens. And it kind of did, you guys. It kind of did. Because this episode showed us that she has saved Sarah's heart. She has. Except before Tally can say, no, you promised me. Sarah says, no, you are not going to sacrifice yourself again. And she wind strikes her over that gap and stares at her in the most heartbreaking stare. Because Sarah Alder said, you have saved my heart. You are not going to sacrifice yourself. It will take me. It will take me this time. And Tally watches that whole ceiling crumble on her, but Sarah stares at her the entire time. And that is utter horror, and I can't do anything on Tally's part. And it's just, let me memorize you on Sarah's, right? Let me see that you're okay on Sarah's face. And then we see that ceiling come down. And of course, Tally thinks that Sarah's dead. Sarah's not dead, you guys. I mean, it, number one, you don't kill Sarah Alder that way. But number two, she's also a steward. They still have to do the first song. She's fine. Don't worry. She's fine. But here's the interesting thing, right? Then Tally wakes up back at the mansion. How? How'd she get there? Um, did she walk? all the way there? Did she get on a plane by herself? Did she fly back? Did she drive? Did she do any of that while she was unconscious? No. Who knew where they were? No one knew where they were. That means that the person who got her out was Sarah Alder. Sarah got her out. Sarah carried her unconscious body out of that cave. I would bet you money. I'd, I'd bet anything. Sarah came around somehow. She found a way. I mean, there was a lot of space behind her. She could just back up, right? But let's not forget, she's also like basically a shield. Um, so if she gets around it and Tally hasn't moved, because to Tally, 
She's just watched Sarah die. Sarah, who she has admitted to herself that she loves, that she knows Sarah loves her. That Tally would be in shock. The look of horror on her face says that she would be in shock. She would have passed out, probably. Sarah carried her. Probably injured. Probably stumbling. Probably bleeding carried her out of that cave, probably telling her, I've got you. I've got you. Probably whispering things to her, telling her it's all right. Until she could get far enough off of that glacier that she could travel them back and put Tally into the garden where their walls first started coming down. That's where she left her. Probably with the last amount of strength that she had. And then she went back underground. And that is where we are with Talter right now. So I don't, I don't care if Gregorio comes into the picture. Um, I have I have no care whatsoever. There, that's not the story, okay? It's not the story. There's no threat there. The story of this season is Tally's love story, and that is with Sarah Alder. Period. That's the love story of this season. So, it's going to be an interesting last two episodes. Um, I am a little irked, however. Just going to say, I'm a little irked at her friends, at her sisters, for not being more concerned that Tally gave up her sight, for not being more concerned or checking on her that she watched Sarah die, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I feel like something is going to come of that. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be yet, but I feel like something's going to come of it. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But rest assured, all of you out there in the Talter fan base. Gregorio, it not not even a thought. Season three, and this is all intentional. Season three is Tally's love story with Sarah Alder. Season one, Rael and Scylla. Season two, Abigail and Adil. Season three, Tally and Sarah. And I for one cannot wait to see where it goes next. So we'll be back when those episodes air. We'll come back and we'll talk about all of it. We'll get through it together. We'll be right there. And when that kiss happens, you all, rest assured, we're going to go crazy in here. All right. Much love, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.